Welcome. We're so glad to see each and every one of you. This is exciting. I want to start with a story. I remember not liking to get into the car with my dad, ever, because I knew for the next 20 minutes I was going to have to sit through a lecture on one of his favorite topics. He had three favorite topics, very predictable. The first one is eating healthy. Nobody was eating healthy in the 80s. (laughs) The second one um, was how to save money, the importance of saving money. And the third one was he wanted me to want to be a motivational speaker for my career. So it was always one of those three. And, and it was a hostage situation. I would describe it as a hostage situation. I had to make the decision to just bear through it or jump from the moving vehicle. And my presence testifies that I decided just to bear through it, get through it. Have you ever felt that way in a conversation or maybe in a group discussion that the person that just keeps talking is holding you hostage? <laughs> Uh, they're lacking in self-awareness, and it's, it's not a conversation, it's not a discussion, it's really a monologue, right? And when I look back at those conversations, when I look back at those lectures with my dad and I, I just think about if, if we had been having a conversation and we'd been asking each other questions, we would have both been growing, we would have both... Um, been learning more about each other, and I wonder if maybe I would have listened to him. And if I had, I might be standing before you today as a healthy, wealthy, (laughs) motivational speaker, (laughs) but I didn't listen to him. All right, so our mission, you know, here at New City is to help people find and follow Jesus. And I really believe that effective conversations is such a powerful platform for discipleship. I believe that these conversations really, it's where people grow. It, it really does help people find and follow Jesus. Such a significant place. And sometimes we think that we grow in a room by ourselves with a stack of books. Have you ever thought that? Like, I'm going to grow most in a room by myself with a stack of books. And yes, you do grow in those spaces, and especially if you're having a conversation with the Lord during those times. But I don't want us to forget how important community is. Community is where we process life together. You know, this is where we, you know, we share our stories, our faith is strengthened. So let's think for just a moment about what happens in those conversations where we're processing life together as spirit-filled believers. I I created a little list. I'm gonna go through my list, but I want you to think about what I missed, okay? And I want you to raise your hand if I missed something. So we're thinking about what does God do through conversations. In a conversation, in a discussion, we're sharing our thoughts, and that helps each of us think more deeply about biblical truth. It's where our views are challenged, and then we align ourselves back to Scripture. We share our stories with each other, our experiences with each other, and we learn so much from each other. We show our care to one another as we listen and offer encouragement to one another. We make spiritual discoveries through conversation with one another. Our worldview is shaped 
through those conversations and discussions. Anything else that you think of that I missed that happens during conversations? Kara? You connect with people through conversations. Very good. Very good. So many wonderful things happen through conversation. If we're going to be good at helping people find and follow Jesus, then we have to be good at transformational conversations. That's really our bottom line. And honestly, I think that rich conversations is a lost art. I really do. And I see a lot of you shaking your heads. In fact, I started thinking about when do we even learn how to have a good conversation? Besides sorority rush and fraternity rush, I'm asking you guys, like, when do we learn how to have basic conversation skills? Is that a course in college? I'm really, I don't, I can't think of one. I'm going to pause for a second to, to hear from you guys, Stephen. You have them at the dinner table. They're modeled for us. Yes. But yeah, absolutely. So that's how we learn. And sometimes they're not modeled very well. And I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I am so much like my dad. <laughs> and I, I want to just apologize if I've ever trapped you in a car <laughs> or, uh, you know, in the hall because that's what was modeled for me. And I feel like I'm still learning how to have a good conversation, how to have a transformational conversation. Yeah, so it's a lost art. And so today we're going to talk about that. I'm really excited about this. And as leaders at New City, we get the honor of shaping the culture here and creating these great conversations where people can grow. Um, so this training, by the way, is called Equipping Leaders, Guiding Transformational Conversations. And we're excited about this for so many reasons. But one of the reasons is that we're going to continue having these trainings. And we're going to call them Equipping Leaders. So we'll have another Equipping Leaders in January. This topic today is Guiding Transformational Conversations. And there'll be another um, topic in January. But we're excited because we're doing this across all of our discipleship environments. We're doing this across next gen, community, and academy. So that's really so. This is a room full of of uh, leaders from all of those areas. And then some of you may be joining us because you want to get better at conversations. You don't want to trap your teenager in a car. You want to know how to interact with the people around you. So what is a transformational conversation? I want you to in your notebook, in your manual. I want you to take just a couple of minutes to write a definition. What do you think a transformational conversation is? I'll give you just a couple minutes to do that. Okay, was that enough time? What are some of your definitions of a transformational conversation? Hey, also, by the way, this is a learning environment. So we're learning. And so we don't have to be like embarrassed to share because we're all learning. So I just want you to know that. Ooh, nice. Okay, I'm gonna have to have a copy of that. Okay, very good. Who else had their hand up? Kurt, Kurt. yeah. Mine's not quite as long. As long? 
Yeah, here, let's do it really loud. No. <laughs> well, yeah, go ahead. I put, this is what I put, where you consciously go into putting yourself second. That's, mm, I, that's good. Can you, do you mind repeating yours again just so we catch it on the audio? Oh, sure. Okay, sorry. <laughs> A conversation in which iron sharpens iron, meaning both people emerge somehow touched, influenced, or simply feeling loved and heard so that both are moving in a direction that honors God. Thank you. Any others? Uh, hopefully all of you pick up some different elements of what a transformational conversation can be. I jotted down there conversations that create shifts. Uh, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, attitudinally, relationally, financially, et cetera, et cetera. Shifts, I like that. Shifts. Shifts. Or transformation. That's good. I like that word. Anybody else want to share? Okay, so I put a multidimensional conversation that involves active listening, asking questions, and displaying care in a manner that leads to discovery and growth. Mm. Could you have had some insight on this training today? <laughs> I may have heard some brainstorming. <laughs> That's my daughter, by the way. I think she might have heard me talking to some, some folks. Yeah, I was probably talking to myself. You're right. You're right. Will you hold that for me? Um, okay, now I had a lot more time to think about this than you guys. Um, and I may take that other one. But this is what I came up with. A transformational conversation is a conversation that helps all participants move closer to Jesus and to truth by processing their life experiences, their understanding of Scripture, and their relationship with God together. That was, that was the one I came up with. Um, no, I should have put it in there, Ellen. And I probably came up with it after we printed that. So I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so the question is, how do we as leaders guide those kind of conversations? And I want us to start with who we need to be. Today we're going to, this training is a little different because we're going to be talking about character traits and skills. Who do we need to be and what skills do we need to improve in? And so I want you to think for just a minute, what are some character traits? What are some traits that a leader who guides these kind of conversations needs to have? Nancy? Listening. Listening. Hearing. Hearing. Understanding. Understanding. Man. Patience. Patience. Yes. The one that I, we're going to talk about that kind of rose to my list is curiosity. Curiosity. So we're going to start with a test. In your manual, you're going to see that I created a new city curiosity meter. And I came up with this so quickly because, to be honest, when you're not a curious person, you know just you know just what to put on a curiosity meter. I am becoming more curious. But as I read these statements, I want you to score yourself on a scale of one to five. One being, I do this all the time. Five being, I don't often do this. Okay? Number one, I usually start a conversation or group meeting already knowing what I want to make sure I say. One to five. Number two, after someone shares their experience, I immediately share my own story or something I've heard about someone else that connects to what they have shared. 
Number three, as I am listening, I'm also thinking about what I should say next. Number four, when a member of my group or a friend shares a problem, I am thinking of what advice to give them. Number five, when there is a moment of silence, I feel the silence quickly with some of my own wisdom. Number six, I'm tempted to look at my phone or think about what I need at the grocery store in the middle of someone's story or response. Number seven, I take the opportunity to share everything I know on a topic when I can. Someone said one time, I'm sorry, this is just a side note. I was in a mentoring group and someone said, you don't have to share everything you know. I was like, mind blown. (laughs) What? Sorry. Number eight, I find myself moving into the role of a teacher during the group or conversation. Number nine, I find myself not listening to the very end of what is being said. Number 10, I find that what other people are saying is not very interesting to me. Let's let's, let's just be real here, okay? Let's just be real here. All right, quickly add up your score. Do we have any curiosity masters in here? Awesome. Very good. Very good. I want you to put a star beside the one that like hurt the most. Which one do you wanna do you want to work on and be more intentional about? So if you think you already know everything, then you won't be curious. If you think other people need to hear your stories and you need to give them your wisdom, you won't be curious. If there's nothing that you can learn from the people in your group or your friends or your children, then you won't be curious. If you have to share everything you know about the topic during the group, you won't be curious. If you don't have the patience to really listen to what someone is saying, then you won't be curious. And if your mind is wandering around on other things when someone is speaking, then you won't be curious. And by the way, as I was kind of coming up with this meter, I was thinking a lot of it is, seems like what an extrovert would do, you know, someone who likes to talk a lot. Um, but introverts are just as lacking in curiosity as extroverts. That just looks like you don't say anything. You don't, you're still not curious. Uh, you're still kind of living in your head and not engaged. So it, either way. And as group leaders, we need to be curious. Curiosity, the definition, it means a strong desire to learn or know something. And all humans are curious, but the object is different depending on the person and situation. And I want us to think for a second, what is our object? What is our object of curiosity? And of course, we know here at New City, one of our values is people are our passion. So our object is people. We want to get to know people. So you know, you know, we're always learning, we're always growing, we're always being sanctified, but sometimes we get stuck in default behaviors. 
right? And we need something like this. We need, a, we, need, we need a place where we're talking and we're being intentional to kind of get us unstuck. So that's what we're going to be doing today. Um, a skill is something you can get better at. Let me go back one. And just the, the curiosity I'm saying is a character trait. And then a skill is something that you can get better at. And so for us today, there are two skills that we think a leader needs in order to have curiosity. And these are the two skills that we're going to be talking about today. Active listening and asking great questions. And no matter what your context, whether you're leading a group, whether you're having a conversation, whether you're talking to a friend, a coworker, no matter what the context is, these two skills will help you to have these rich conversations that help people grow and help you grow as well. Um, and you know what I was thinking? Wouldn't it be really amazing if, if not only you guys as leaders modeled this these kind of skills, um, but that everyone in a group practiced these skills. What if everyone in a group was curious about each other and what you had to contribute and, and everyone listened and asked great questions? That would be a really powerful space, right? Um, and it may be something you, you model. And then there are, there are times that in your group, you just talk about those things like, hey, we want to create a culture here where we're curious about what each other thinks. So let's really try to lean into to active listening and asking great questions. So sometimes we have to teach people how to be in a group. Have you ever thought about that? Sometimes people don't even know how to be in a group. People don't know how to have a conversation. As I shared earlier, I feel like I didn't, it wasn't modeled for me. And honestly, I haven't known how to have a great conversation. And I'm learning how to have a great conversation. Um, so we, again, we want to thank you for being here. I want to really quickly introduce you to the staff that put this training together. And we're the staff that kind of lead these, these discipleship areas. So I'm Tammy Matters, and I oversee our academy, which also includes Flourish, our women's Bible study. And we're, we're, we're a learning environment. Um, and so that's, that's what I oversee. Uh, we have Sarah Haynes right back here. She is the academy specialist. So she and I make up the team of academy. We have Suzanne Martin right back here. She is the community director here at South Park. We have Lindsay Knuckles. She's our community director at Matthews. And by the way, community oversees our community groups. Okay, so we've got academy, community groups. Um, Emily Espinoza right back here. She oversees our Next Gen Ministry. Dylan Kane, he's our high school director. He oversees the high school and the middle grades. And then Lindsay Lindyak and Kelly Owen. Lindsay is at Matthews with middle grades. And then Kelly Owens is um, Owen. I put an S on the end of your name, but it doesn't have an S, does it? Does it or doesn't it? This is important. I got to capture this on audio. Owens, Owens. Okay. All right, Owens. Okay, Kelly Owens is middle grades here at South Park. So we're going to start with a table exercise, okay? Around your table, um, we're going to have at least about 10 to 15 minutes to do this, but still be, be thinking about making sure you leave space for everyone to answer. I want you to take two minutes to, sh to share your name. If you want to share your area of ministry, if you're here, you're not leading currently, but you're like, I'm here because I want to get better. 
in conversations with my friends or my children, whatever interested you in this training. And then something about either your best, worst, last, or first group you've ever been in. You're going to pick one of those. You're going to share for two minutes on either your best group experience, your worst group experience, your last, or your first group experience. Okay, any questions about that? I'm just going to kind of do that around your table. And if someone would mind being a scribe at your table and kind of jot down some of these things that you share, because we're going to debrief them. And we want to hear, like, what are some of the themes about the best group you've ever been in? And then what are some of the themes and maybe patterns in some of the, the less best, I'll say, instead of worse, the less best? Okay, any questions? If not, yep, go ahead and start. All right, friends, are we, are we finishing up? Or Raise your hand if your table needs more time. Oh, all right, take like two more minutes. <laughs> nope, we're moving on. Okay, we're moving on. I'm so sorry. You don't get a vote. Unfortunately. Sorry you're not finished. <laughs> Thought I could get you some more time, but nope, we can't. All right. All right, guys, we're going to um, just share a little bit about what we found at our tables. Um, so the lovely Lindsay Lindak over here will be whiteboarding for us. Um, so, uh, yeah, so why don't we, um, if you have a, um, some best group um, kind of moments to share or characteristics of that group, we would love for you to share that first. Uh, so feel free to raise your hand. Um, yeah, yes, sir. That's great. So depth of relationships. I'm going to repeat what you guys say just so we can get it on the audio. So just know. Um, that's awesome. Yep. Anyone else? That's awesome. So vulnerability by the group leaders, kind of setting the stage for the whole group to be vulnerable together. That's great. Anyone else? Yes, ma'am. That's great. So the group leader kind of modeling for the group, um, how they want the group to operate through their own behaviors. That's awesome. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So similar age and stage kind of seasons of life groups that are kind of traveling on the journey together. That's awesome. Good. Yes, ma'am. Oh, that's great. So inspired by the leaders. That's awesome. Mm, 
That's really good. So kind of setting the stage initially for like a safe conversation within your group, letting the group know, kind of like group rules, right? Like setting the stage a little bit sometimes is important because people come into group with very different ideas of what, what that really means. So that's a great one. Good job. Anyone else? Really great group. Yes. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So social connections outside of just the small group time, like really getting to know each other and spend time together. That's great. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well organized. Anyone else? Great groups. Those are all really great. Really good. Good job, guys. You get A plus on that. Good job on best groups. All right, now this is the one. These can kind of get fun. So um, would love to hear some of your experiences or themes at the table with worst groups. Um, so think about a group you were in that was not great. I think we've all been in one of those before. Um, yeah, so think about that a little. I'll share one of mine first. This is always one of my favorites. But we were in a group one time, and it was right during election season. A small group. Yes. Raise your hand if you've had this happen. Um, and we had one friend in our group who really, like, her whole point of coming to group, I think, was to convince everyone in the group to vote for who she wanted everyone to vote for. Um, yeah, she was in that group. That was a very weird season of group. Um, so, yeah. That was, that was interesting, but yeah, I would love to hear. What did you guys find at your tables? It's okay. You can say your worst group. We're not going to judge. No judgment. Yes, Gary. That's good. So having a hard time getting more vulnerable um, and moving deeper. Um, and then also just lack of kind of a commonality to bring, bring the group together. Maybe it's just not your, not your people. Yeah, that's okay. That's all right. That's good. I wish I could repeat all that in here for audio, but I can't. So, but we enjoyed it. It was really good. Yeah. What about anyone else? A group that wasn't great. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
That's really good. Yeah, when one person kind of monopolizes the group. That's great. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. So just random, random chatter. Lindsay is summarizing all of these so well. Purposeless, directionless. Here we go. Disorganization. I love it. What about anyone else? Yes, sir. Mm, yeah. So really it's just about the meeting and get it done and check it off, and there's not really life outside of the group happening. Yeah, but I think we've probably all experienced that a little bit. Any, yes. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yes. That's good. Just negativity, venting, not really wanting to grow. That's a good one. Anybody else? Yeah. Mm. Yes. That's a hard one. Um, when people want to try to salt, you share something in group, and then everyone's like, let me tell you what you should do or how you could have handled that better, right? Like, we've all been there. So um, that's, a, that's a really hard one. Anyone else? All right, well, these are really good. We're going to take a picture of this for you guys so you can have it as well. Um, but these are great lists. Um, I think we all probably have experiences on either side of these and in the middle um, with our groups. And nobody sets out to do a small group, right? And they're like, I want to have a small group where... One person monopolizes every conversation. <laughs> That's not the goal, right? So um, just, yeah, well, we're excited for today and to talk a little bit more about how to prevent that. So these are really great. We're going to talk about um, what does it mean to be a small group leader at New City? Um, let's see. Here we go. Um, and so our team kind of came up with this definition together. And so this is what we would say it means to be a small group leader here at New City. And so this may be a little different than what you would think, or it may be right on par. But um, we said to facilitate a group conversation being led by the spirit through active listening and curious questions while maintaining a culture of trust and vulnerability that challenges participants to grow in their personal relationship with Jesus. Um, and I think what you guys put over here sums that up really well. 